0: This is Clutch Fans. Oh! from the parking lot? The Rockets are going to Boston. How sweet it is! And by the way, shout out to the Clutch Fans.
1: You're listening to the Clutch Fans podcast. An open conversation for Houston Rockets diehards.
0: Houston Rockets is unbeatable. I'm ready to get
1: Now, here's your host, the man who would have drafted Harold Miner over Robert Ory,
0: Dave Hardesty. Welcome into the podcast. It is... It's draft time. It's a big time right now for Houston Rockets fans. Draft has not been a big time for Houston fans uh, for a long time, but this year's different. The Rockets have three first round picks, starting with the number two pick of the draft, and back-to-back picks later in the first round at 23 and 24. Uh, my guest today is David Weiner. You know him as Beama Thug, both on the board and on Twitter, at Thug, uh, and a-, a lawyer here in town. And You know, huge draft buff, just like me as well. So, David, thanks for doing this with me.
1: Pleasure as always,
0: David. Are you excited, man? I mean, this is uh, the Rockets. I mean, you know, the entire Daryl Morey era was trying to acquire the number one, two, or three pick. And the Rockets, now. you know, he's gone, but they have the number two pick and a couple of additional first-round picks. This is just like we haven't seen this in a long, long time here.
1: It, it, it's Christmas. It's Christmas for us. Uh, you know, all these draft pick starved Rockets fans that have been wanting to enjoy the draft uh, finally are getting getting their day to, to celebrate. I mean, all the pain and suffering that fans have gone through <laughs> over the, the past season, it it, it it all
0: culminates with this draft that where you're hoping it was all worthwhile. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, before we get into it, I think there's going to be a lot to talk about as far as picks 23, 24, p- possible trades, things of that nature. Um, but, you know, we have to talk about the number two pick. And, you know, one week before the draft, where you stand, if anything's changed, uh, you know, what's your view has has become as far as who the Rockets should take at number two. And most people believe, as you know, as soon as they won the number two pick, I felt it was between just these two, Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. I think that's pretty much the consensus. Who do you want to take? Who do you think the Rockets will take?
1: Well, I mean, who I most want to take is Kate Cunningham, but I think <laughs> right. also assuming that he goes number one to Detroit no matter what. Um, assuming Cunningham's off the board, you know, we talked a lot about Mobley on our last podcast, Dave, and I am so torn between Evan Mobley and Jalen Green right now. I see the upside of both. I see the downside of both. Um, I would be thrilled with either one. It, it's so close for me at this point that I I almost prefer the Rockets to somehow go – Cleveland into trading up for number two so that we can move down to three, get an extra
0: asset, and then the decision will be made for us. It's true, actually. I was thinking about that uh, yesterday, in fact, just that, you know, obviously you want the number two pick, but the number three pick just doesn't have the pain of having to make this decision. Um, It's a tough one. I, you know, I have been Evan Mobley since the beginning, since, you know, they won the, the pick um, and I've always felt this is extremely close. I really don't think they can make a bad decision in the sense that they're both great prospects. Um, and so I don't feel strongly about it where I say this is a mistake if they go this route. Um, I, and, and by the way, I think they're going Jalen Green. That's, you know, assuming Kate Cunningham goes number one, I think that they will go Jalen Green. We don't know that for sure. but I just This is where, you know, the tea leaves are, it's where it seems to be. Um, but I, you know, I've tried. I, I, I lean even a hair more towards Mobley. I just feel like he is such a unique prospect. And I, I just look at it overall in the sense of, you know, are the Rockets here to win long term, right? I mean, I, I feel like this is a guy you can throw out there. You know, you, you hope to groom at least to be a guy who is. Playable in just about every single lineup that you put out there. He's not going to be, you know, sort of shuffled off the floor like a Rudy Gobert when you go small or something along those lines. He's going to be a rim protector. He's going to be a guy who can slide and, and, and cover threes and fours. His ground coverage is what probably impresses me the most defensively. He can get out on the perimeter and guard somebody, block a shot there, and recover and and get out down to the post. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, Defending pick and rolls because of that um, ground coverage ability. But I'll say, David, as far as Jalen Green's concerned, the the whole idea of it factor or Kobe like work ethic, that's the justification for taking him, in my opinion. And I and I can't argue with it. If the Rockets look at Jalen Green and deem him to be this guy who is the golden child or the chosen one or just that good, then. You got to go that route. I mean, because he does have that potential to be the best player in this entire draft. It's just that when I look at the two, I'm looking at an elite scorer versus a guy who is a two way player and will impact the game in more than just one way. But I think that, you know, the whole it factor and work ethic thing makes. Makes you say to yourself, well, if there's really such a drive to win in Jalen Green, then he's gonna get better defensively. He's gonna become a better passer, a better playmaker. Um, that I don't think he is right now. So, that anyway, that's a, a mouthful. But that's how I view it. I I feel like if the Rockets go Jalen Green, then I'm behind it because I feel like they've done a heck of a lot more research than I or anyone else has. Um, but I, you know, in my uh, view and estimation, I would go Evan Mobley.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, your analysis is pretty much spot on with where mine is. Um, I'm I'm maybe a little more on the fence than you are, uh, but, I mean, you're looking again. you know, we talked about some of these comps in our last pod, but, you know, with Mobley, you're looking at, you know, a, the a Miami Chris Bosch, possibly a uh, – probably not quite uh, – full-level Anthony Davis, but maybe something that's approaching that. Um, you know, if he hits his full potential, you could have kind of a quasi-Anthony Davis-type player there. Um, but, I mean, even and Chris Bosch is one of my favorite non-Rockets of the last 20 years. Um, and, you know, if you're talking about that being a, 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 you know, a key comp for him, you know, I'd be thrilled with that. Um, and then green, you know, you look at other top shooting guards in the league, like Bradley Beal or Devin Booker or or Zach Levine, you know, if if you're adding a player of that caliber, I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at either. You know, he, he he has a good chance and he could possibly leave the league in scoring one day. Um, and you know, that kind of talent is tough to pass up. So it's, man, I'm really torn. I'm really torn. And, uh, (laughs) But yeah, I, I'm just going to put my trust in the Rockets front office that, that they're going to make a, a well-informed decision and, you know, it may turn out to be the right decision. It could be that it was the wrong decision and they're still going to come out of it because both those players could be superstars.
0: Yeah. You know, I, um, I, like I said, I, I feel like Green's going to be the pick. So, and I, I would love that pick. I mean, I would be on board with it. So I, if i come off as negative i'm not trying to uh, trash that pick in any way but i, I there's a few things that i just want to say about it um i, I don't want to say temper expectations it's just that the uh, a, i guess a few things that make me slightly concerned the first one is just the big picture kpj is super young and and you think he's a a, a centerpiece We're, that's t- tbd i guess um, he's got to play his way to to being that, but right now at 2021 20, years old, you know he's a key key player. You're expecting him to be your your lead point guard, and you know you're adding Jalen Green. Is that really uh, the future of the backcourt of you know, of the Houston Rockets in the sense of okay, you've got a guy who's a a good creator in KPJ, not a great shooter. He's maybe going to get better. Uh, Jalen Green looks like he has the potential to be a great shooter, but he's just, I would say, pretty good right now. He's just super athletic, and he can create his own shot. Um, not totally in love with the fit, but it's its good. It's just not, I, I think, as great, in my opinion, as other people are, are saying it to be Because I feel like you you if you have a ball-dominant player, you want to balance it out with a strong defender and an elite shooter, if if possible. I mean, Klay Thompson is almost like the the prototype there. The other thing i say is that just kind of makes me chuckle a little bit. Is just that whole idea of, you know, Jalen Green putting up these numbers in, in the G League is, you know, some sort of like revelation to me. Because I feel like if, if, there, if there's a 19-year-old rookie, uh, you know, NBA rookie that's sent down to the G League, our whole view is, well, you better put up numbers. I mean, that's the G League. If you don't put up numbers in the G League, there's a problem. But... People are looking at Jalen Green's numbers in the G League and saying, wow, that's amazing doing against grown men. So I feel like there's a little bit of a double standard there. But again, it factor Kobe like qualities. I'm all on board if that's the, if that's the pick they go with.
1: Yeah. Although I I will push back a little on the, on the double standard issue. I think there's a big difference between. Get, having NBA training camp practices, uh, maybe multiple training camps, and a season or two under your belt, and then going to the G League and facing guys that are around your own age—maybe you're on the younger end of the of, of the age spectrum—versus coming straight from high school and doing that in the G League, I think it's a it's a much bigger um, a much bigger jump for a guy coming straight from high school than it is from a guy who's had some college experience. And I mean, I think the college uh, basketball experience is very different than high school. Uh, and then plus some NBA experience first. So uh, I really do think what Jalen Green did was, was extremely impressive.
0: What concerns do you have, if any, about Mobley?
1: I mean, the, you know, as some other people have said that the, the, hips are a little narrow. Um, you know, we're nitpicking here, obviously. Um, but, you know, there, there's, there's some concern that he's not going to be able to add much weight. I know people were saying, well, oh, you know, the, the graphic they put up last night or the, the, the other night in game six of the finals show comparing Giannis when he was, uh, before the draft to Giannis today and how he put on 60 pounds of muscle and grew four inches. Um, I, I'm not sold on Evan Mobley's frame being able to add that kind of of muscle mass that, that, that a guy like Giannis can, although Giannis is, a, is, is like, the exception. Um, but, you know, the concern there is that he's going to get pushed around by bigger centers and that, you know, yeah, you could say, oh, give him a year or two to put on weight, but it might be that he's never able to put on enough weight to, to bank down low. Uh, but still, the his, ver- his defensive versatility, his ability to – to defend the pick and roll, come out on out on the perimeter. Um, I think outweighs most of those concerns. But if I'm if I'm nitpicking, that would be that would be one.
0: Do you think Mobley Wood is a good pairing necessarily, or or is because I feel like both of those players, the real advantage to them would having that sort of floor stretch ability, and um, you know. Mobley having sort of that rim protection ability and switchability that their advantage is playing as a center I, I mean they could play together they're, they're, I think they're both versatile enough to play together I just I'm not sure if both are the long term fit necessarily but what do you think
1: yeah I mean yeah, well, I definitely think Mobley can play with Christian Wood uh, but again you know, the, you know as much as we like to get excited about the players that are on our roster right now I don't think that the Rafael Stone can factor in any of that when he's making the pick. He has to take the player who he thinks is just flat out the best player, regardless of fit. And then you just make it work. I think, uh, you know, he was interviewed uh, today and uh, saying that, uh yeah, you, you just draft talent. Good talent knows how to play together. So, um, I, I'm not worried about KPJ. I'm not worried about Christian Wood. I'm not worried about John Wall. You take the best player, and if you have a roster imbalance, you work that out over the next year or two. I'm more concerned about getting the best player.
0: Yeah. You know, and it's funny, uh, I, and I agree with you. You and I both have that best player available philosophy. I think most people do. Um, but do, can you do you find yourself – um, you know, when it comes to picks 23 and 24, which we're going to get into here, uh, do you find yourself adjusting it a little bit based on whether it's green or mobile at two?
1: Um, kind of, yes. I mean, because there, there are so many either mock drafts or even when you're doing the intellectual exercise yourself and figuring, okay, who's available there and are you really going to go best player available? It is quite possible, if not probable, In in doing that exercise, you end up with three guards in this draft to add to an already guard-heavy roster.
0: Yeah, and that's – I have to admit, that's the – I roll my eyes when I see a mock draft that has Jalen Green 2 and then Cam Thomas and Bones Highland, you know, going 23 and 24. I'm just like, is defense still a thing? Or, you know, is it you, – you've drafted three guards who are, you know, scorers. And, it, yeah, they're both – I mean, both those guys are great prospects adding to Green, but it's just oh, – I can't McBride's help myself. Can, what's that?
1: Mick a really good defender.
0: Oh, I, yeah. I didn't mention McBride. I said Bones Highland and uh, uh, oh, sorry, Cam Thomas. I McBride, yeah, I, I like McBride a lot for sure. We're going to talk about the different prospects. I, I just, I, I'm just saying. I think that I can't help but say to myself, well, who did you take at number two if you're if you're taking those guards? I mean, for example, if it was Cam Thomas and Highland, and again, I, those would not be my picks. But if they were, I'd feel better about it if it was Mobley. Then, you know, green, obviously, number two pick is the most important, but I can't help but find myself adjusting just a little bit picks 23 and 24 based on who goes to. And I have to admit, my, my whole perspective now has been they're taking green at two uh, and working off of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, you know, each team has a different way of approaching it. But you think that most teams would have kind of a, a draft tier approach where you have. A group of players lumped in at a given tier, and you know that helps inform your, you know whether you want it's worth it to trade up or trade down, depending on how many players are left in a given tier versus when when there's a drop off. You you would assume that if if the Rockets have a group of five or six players similarly rated, all within the same tier, that that if they do take Jalen Green number two, that that they would be looking at forwards or centers uh, in that 23, 24 range. But, you know, it, it, it's just as likely that the the two guys in the highest tier that they have available when it comes up to them are guards. And if that's the case, they're probably just going to take it. Yeah.
0: Um, so let's get into this. Uh, you know, I think there's lots of different ways, uh, th- things that we can talk about as far as picks 23 and 24. And every year the draft, you know, throws us curveballs and surprises I think this year the mocks starting around pick six to about 30 just can vary significantly um, usually I think you know as we get closer to the draft there's a pretty clear consensus for the first 14 and it's it's not looking that way right now let me ask you this who's the one guy outside of the the top six and if and if you if we even can say Jonathan Kaminga is still in the top six, and I'm including him right now along with Scotty Barnes and the the elite four, if you will, who's the one guy you want to, to see the Rockets get? Even if it's a, a you know wishful thinking, or you know it obviously would require a trade up, who do you think would be the best fit for the Rockets? B- best overall pick, I should say. Um.
1: Oh gosh. So so we're talking about a guy being mocked at at seven, falling to us. Um,
0: or, or no, I'm not, i mean, to be honest with you, yes, it's quite possible that some of the guys who are mocked to seven could fall to 23. But I mean, more of a, you know, trade up with Indiana with Washington, you know, somebody that slides, like who, who are you eyeing and hoping that slides or that could rockets could acquire in a trade up?
1: Um, uh, I mean, there's a variety of different, uh, scenarios you, you could have, you know, and I'm not going to go in depth on many of these. I'm going to throw out a few names, some of which I'm sure we'll talk more about. But, you know, kind of the, the, the home run red flag pick, uh, like a Jalen Johnson or a Zaire Williams, uh, falling. Um, you know, you and I have always been high in Corey Kispert. You know, the Rockets were just a terrible shooting team. And Kispert's the best shooter in the draft. Uh, you know, I would be thrilled if you fell to twenty-three. Um, you know, a guy I know you love, and I'll, I'll let you talk more about him, Moses Moody, as a 3 a potential three-and-D guy. Yeah. And um, you know, uh, or, or Trey Murphy the third. Uh, you know, another potential three-and-D guy with size, or uh, you know, one of the bigs, like Isaiah Jackson or Kai Jones, just a, an uber-athletic uh, power forward center. I mean, any of those guys. And, and trust me, i got other guys that I think are more likely to follow 23-24 who, you know, uh, I'm, I'll be sure to talk about later. But those are the guys that I would be most excited to follow
0: twenty. You know, I, you, I, we're, there's a lot to talk about here as far as those names, but Kai Jones, the guy you mentioned – uh, you know, I'm torn on him. I'll, to be totally honest, and we we've, we've seen him go in the top ten in some mocks, and you know, a few rare mocks have him sliding all the way to 23. You know, you're a UT guy. You've probably watched him more than others. I I, I just don't know what he's got. Great hops, great size. Um, you know, looks the part. You know, kind of almost reminds me a little bit of Amari Stoudemire at times with just his his sort of. Uh, Size and, and attackability, but I just, I'm not sure how he fits exactly in, in, in the league. I, I mean, what's his exact role is, I think he has to become better as a, as a shooter, a floor spacer, but I, I don't know if he's a center, if he's, you know, a, a stretch four, or where do you see him in the league?
1: I mean, probably, I mean, he's a, a four or five, uh, you know, he, he showed enough shooting threes at UT and he did not shoot a high volume of them. But from what he shot, he shot a decent percentage and a guy with his, uh, with his height and length and athleticism, if he can be even an average three point shooter with that kind of athleticism, you know, he, he hasn't been playing basketball for that many years. He picked it up late. Um, and so you hope you can coach up that kind of talent, but he's, he's shown that he can shoot. And if you just develop those skills, which that is definitely a project, but if he tops out on the on the range of, of projectability for him, he could be fantastic. Now he could be a bust, but you know at this stage in the rebuild, you're you're going for the big swings, and I think he'd be one of those big swings.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think he's a a boomer bust pick. I mean, he's he could be great because, like you said, he's got. He's got the size, uh, played two years at UT. Um, You mentioned Moses Moody, and honestly, he is my top trade-up target. I don't think he's considered necessarily the top talent, but I just, I love Moses Moody. I think he's, um, you know, he checks every single box for me as far as um, a highly coveted role player. And I know the Rockets should be thinking superstar, home run swing, that kind of uh, deal, but you know, Moody's got an almost seven foot one inch wingspan. He's he's a very good shooter. Uh, his form looks really good. Uh, you know, I, so c- catch and shoot is not going to be a problem at all for him. And I think he's really good off ball and on ball defender. I, I to me, that's a great pick. Um, I, you know, I don't know if he can slide all the way to thirteen. I've seen him go as far as I think low as sixteen to eighteen in some mocks, but a lot of them have him going seven to to Golden State too. So. To me, that's the guy, the number one guy I would trade up to get um, if they could. Jalen Johnson, like you, you mentioned, him at Duke, six foot nine power forward. You know, the, one of the big knocks on him I think was, you know, his just sort of inability to stay in one place, and we saw that at Duke as well. Um, what concerns me the most about him right now, I think, is just his his sort of inability to. You take contact on his drives. He's a big dude. Lean. I mean, his uh, body fat percentage and, and hand size were great. Checked out at, at the Combine. Uh, you know, a bit of a playmaking forward. Um, I hate to bring up Royce White, but kind of reminds me a little bit of that as far as his, uh, you know, what he likes to get out and run and maybe, and maybe create. Um, but... Uh, you know, that also is a bit of a, a home run swing. He may not pan out in the league, but he's got good size. And he, it's it's There's a lot of mystery behind him, I guess is what I'm saying. And I think the Rockets are a team like the OKC Thunder that can take those type of uh, chances. Yeah, I,
1: I think he's the biggest boomer bust player in this
0: whole draft. Yeah, and <laughs> we'll see on that. I, I, I'm hoping that he's a guy that could slide down. I just don't see him getting... If he slides, getting past uh, OKC at 16 and 18, so I think if you're going to trade up, it's going to require at a minimum getting to Washington at 15. Yeah, I mean, you have
1: not only Oklahoma City to worry about with multiple picks, 16 and 18 ahead of you. You also got the Knicks who have 19 and 21. So you know, but the Knicks are
0: such a they're such a like ready to win now team. I feel like that whole avenue from 19 to 22 is a, we need somebody who can plug and play. You know, you got the Knicks twice, you got Atlanta, you got the Lakers. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like, you know, guys like Chris Duarte and Jared Butler may not survive that little four-pick stretch because those guys can can shoot and can help right away. Uh, and, and, you know, Trey Murphy's another candidate in that range. And um, so I feel like if, they, if those sort of two years away from being from two years away type of picks – um, get past 18, then then the Rockets have a decent chance. But maybe I'm wrong.
1: I mean, I, if if I were the Knicks, um, and, and my coach doesn't really play rookies that much, uh, I'd be looking for a, with one at least one of the two picks for a, for a big home run swing. So, I mean, if I were the Knicks, I'd probably take one plugging play player and one home run swing.
0: Okay, so talked a little bit about trade-up candidates. I, and I'll throw another guy out there that I actually have changed my tune on because I've been on podcasts before mentioned I'd probably rather see him go ahead of the Rockets. But I've, I've changed my mind on him, and that's Jaden Springer out of Tennessee. And and the real reason I did is because I kind of had the impression that he wasn't a great athlete or, uh, you know, wouldn't really check out there. I think he had the fifth highest vertical at the Combine. Uh, you know, athletically, he checked out. And – he didn't shoot a tremendous volume uh, of threes in college, but he shot very well. I, and I, so I looked at him more of a a backup combo guard, and so I wasn't really uh, intrigued by him. But I, I am more now. So again, I don't know. Um, I mean, I would love to see him slide to twenty three, and I would snatch him up. But I just don't know if, um, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily try to snag him at thirteen if you traded up that that high. But uh, moving up a few spots, I would not mind getting Jaden Springer as well.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I like Springer as well. Reminds me of a a taller Kyle Lowry out of Villanova. I mean, I remember when Lowry came out, loving him in the draft just as this little bulldog, uh, scrappy point guard, thinking, man, that guy's going to be a really good backup point guard. And and boy, did he surpass our expectations. (laughs) But, uh, but he was a backup pointer for the rock. Um, but yeah, I, I like Springer. I think he you know he, he needs to work on his skills a little bit, um, and we'll see if he's got the NBA level athleticism. But like you said, I think the combine may have quieted some of those concerns. Uh, but yeah, I'd be thrilled with Springer in the, in the 23 24 range.
0: So I've got about 23, maybe, maybe 24 guys that I really like that, that I would love to see the Rockets get, um, you know, starting from Cade Cunningham, of course, on down. Um, and, but I, the interesting thing is there's four guys that I'm not putting in that group. I think they would be good picks for the Rockets, but I'm just really hoping the Rockets don't have that opportunity and they go ahead. And and some of these names may surprise. Number one is Josh Giddy, because I think most people expect him to go in the lottery. Um, number two is uh, Alpern and Shangoon. And you and I have a differing opinion on him. Uh, I got Sharif Cooper and Cam Thomas. Those are the four that I think at least three of them are going to go ahead of the Rockets, hoping all four, personally. What do you think about some of those names?
1: Um, Yeah, I'm with you on Giddy. Uh, I mean, he's really intriguing. Uh, But, yeah, he can't shoot. And so, I mean, if Giddy can shoot, he'd probably crack the top five. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I, you know, I'd like, ideally like the, the, draft guys that can shoot the ball. Um, you know, Sharif Cooper can't shoot either, but he's probably the best pure point guard in the draft. Uh, but again, you know, if, if you can't shoot in the NBA, you, you know, I, I, don't know how much you should envy to a lot of teams. I think on the right team, Cooper could be a really good backup point guard. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm not in the end. If we end up with him, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be mad, but, I have other preferences. Um, uh, let's say Camp Thomas, I mean, he's he could probably he might be one of the best scorers in the draft but he's a chucker, he never passes and, you know, he, he's not going to be the number one scoring option on whatever team drafts him, so there's, there's you know, potential flame out the potential there, but uh, again, if the Rockets ended up with him I wouldn't be that mad, but you just got to know you're getting probably a uh, a poor man's Lou Williams. Um, but where I might disagree with you is on uh, Albert Schengen. Um You know, the numbers he put up, he was the MVP of the Turkish League, which is arguably the third best league in the world. Um, to To put up the numbers he put up as an 18-year-old, it was just unheard of. Like the analytics on him are just through the roof as far as just his his statistical potential. Um, and just remember, it was only a few years ago there was a, a somewhat chubby kid playing in a foreign league that several executives were had concerns about his bust potential and ended up on the Mavericks, and he's pretty damn good now. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, by no means do I think Chen is going to be anywhere near as good as Luka Doncic, but you know, the that level of performance against that level of competition can't be ignored. And if you're looking at another Nikola Vucevic, which is, uh, you know, he, he has a ways to go before you can before he's really in the same class as Vucevic. But, you know, he works on the shot. He could be a player like that. And while you're not necessarily going to, you know, win championships without that kind of guy's your best player, having a player with that skill set is, is still, I think, pretty damn valuable. So if you were available at 23, I would
0: jump all of You know, I I just counter that a little bit. I, I agree with all your points. But let's say he hits in the league. What is he? I mean, is he a center that, like, he, he's got elite post moves, footwork, um, looks tough, g- guy who is going to attack and score in the post. Is that the NBA today? I mean, I, you know, he's not a strong defensive player. Uh, he's He should develop range. His free throw shooting, I believe, is in the high 70s. Um, in other words, it should translate eventually for him being a, a guy who can stretch the floor. You know, Kevin Love I, I or or maybe Sabonis, uh, you know, DeMontis Sabonis, are maybe the high-end comps for him. Um, I just – I don't look at him as having – that. I think you're going to have to have a special kind of center next to him and he make him a power forward um, to work. And I – you know, to me it's like Luis Scola. I mean even Luis Scola at the tail end of his career – had to develop three-point range, which he didn't have when he was with the Rockets or at any point in his, you know, prime, um, because he he needed that to stay in the league. You know, a, a four who just scores around the post wasn't going to work. And I I don't know if I'm super excited about Alperen Sengun because of that. But yes, his age checks out. His his what he's done and accomplished in Turkey already at his age is is impressive. I just would rather <laughs> draft somebody else.
1: I can understand if you're apprehensive about taking shang 7 or 8. If he's at 23, you're talking about, like, if he's your third big, that's a win with the 23rd pick.
0: Well, let me just say, but, I, I would think yes, but then I would try, I would look to trade him because I think that's your most, like you said, it's, we're talking BPA, best player available. I just, you know, or, or you, you develop him for a year or what have you and then look to deal him. I, I just don't see him as, you know, especially you put him next to Christian Wood, I mean, the, the po I mean how good is wood defensively as far as being a rim protector and all that I mean it's sort of it's sort of to, to be determined as well um I don't know I'm just not in love with that fit I, I would rather he go before the rockets and some and bump someone else down and that's how I view all four of those names by the way like I, I wouldn't necessarily be extremely disappointed or I don't hate them as picks I just prefer they may move somebody else down.
1: Sure, I mean it's probably a new
0: point because I would be shocked that Shane Gun is available at twenty three. Yeah, I've actually I've actually seen one mock today, I think had him going uh six to OKC, which I was like, are you serious? Um but that's not a consensus view at all. Um you know, Sharif Cooper is a guy I, I just I just don't I mean I know that he's got all the point guard abilities today, but is a point guard in today's NBA just a point guard I mean if you're an electric playmaker say a Jason Williams you know the old Kings days white chocolate here like is that gonna be the, the best thing f- for your team in this in today's NBA I mean you're gonna have a lot of highlights and I think Sharif Cooper's gonna provide a lot of highlights but you know his size so his defense is probably always gonna be limited and I think uh his shooting ability it, it's still early in his development. I mean, he's a 20 year old, but, uh, his shooting ability right now is not where it it needs to be. And I think that, you know, there's probably needs to be a study. How many guys truly go from poor shooters to good to great shooters in the league? I'd be curious to know how, how often that, that can be changed. I mean, it's not that often,
1: but I mean, I think for those reasons, the size and the shot, uh, I don't think he's going to be a starter. I think he, his top end projection is probably quality backup.
0: So let me throw some names out there that I do like a lot for the Rockets. Curious your thoughts. Let's start first of all with uh, Usman Garuba. What do you think about him uh, out of Spain? I mean, you're you know, if you want shooting,
1: that's probably not the pick. But if you want defense, that that kid can defend like like anything. I mean, he's. Again, he plays in the second-best league in the world, plays real rotation minutes, um, and, you know, is playing against really
0: good players. And he's 19. It
1: he holds, he holds his own defensively. I mean, I think, uh, you know, you can throw him out there at the power forward spot. You know, he's not going to space the floor very well for you on offense, but defensively he's probably an upgrade today, and he hasn't played a minute in the NBA.
0: Yeah, so that's that's the thing. Like, you know, just the 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 type of player, the type of prospect. I'd much rather have an elite defensive prospect that should be able to to develop uh, a shot as as you go. At least there looks like potential for him to develop a shot, um, than an elite post player who really is not going to uh, get better defensively. Because I feel like I, I saw I saw
1: one mock Dave that compared him to a, a kind of like a Taj Gibson. Now, Gibson has had a pretty decent jump shot coming out of USC. Um, but if, if Garuba can develop a, a, you know, a quasi-reliable jumper and become like a Taj Gibson, that would be a terrific
0: thing. Yeah, I, I like him. I, I Again, it's I would not trade up to get uh, Usman Garuba, but I if he's there at 23, I'm interested. Um let me throw out another name, Trey Mann, point guard out of Florida. What are your thoughts on him?
1: I mean, I, I like him. I haven't seen a lot of him, but he's got size at the guard position. He's six five. Uh, can play either guard spot. And he can run some point for you, or he can play off ball. Um, you know, the the defense isn't great, but it's not. I don't think he's a liability out there. Um, it, kind of a jack-of-all-trades master of none type of player where he ought to be just really solid um but you know i'm not expecting you know i don't think his ceiling is extremely high but i don't think his floor is that low yeah
0: i think you know his shiftiness is really his his greatest strength kind of like Harden, to be honest with you. I mean, he's not uh, James Harden, so I don't want that to get out there. But I'm, I'm saying his his ability to change directions, um, uh, just his uh, – he, he can create shots on his own. And he was a really, really effective three-point shooter on high volume uh, at Florida. So uh, to me, I, you know, the knock on him is really his short arms. He's, he doesn't have a, a very good wingspan. Um I don't know if he projects necessarily as a starter in the league, and I think he's a guy as well that somebody like Atlanta at twenty could be very interested in, possibly the Knicks as well, because I think he does, um, you know, provide some of that, uh, that that sort of scoring and right away type ability. In my opinion, he's a sophomore out of Florida, so I don't know if he necessarily makes it to twenty three, but I do like that uh, as a potential pick. He's one of those guys that um, I would be happy if the Rockets took him.
1: But let, let me throw another guard in that range who I absolutely love. Uh, who may be available at twenty-three and
0: twenty-four. Are you gonna say Butler? Uh, what? Are you gonna say Butler? I am gonna say Jerry Butler out of Baylor. What are your thoughts? I love him as well. I really do. Matter of fact, I um he's on me, he's his age is probably the knock, if you're even gonna call that a knock at uh you know, almost twenty-two. He's a twenty-one years old. Um, you know, and he's, I think he played three years at Baylor if I'm not mistaken, but boy, I, I think he's a sneaky good pick. He's, I, I mentioned him earlier as I have a hard time seeing him, um, slide past, uh, the 19 to 22 range. But, and I, I, I know for sure teams like Brooklyn or, or Philly would snatch him up in a heartbeat if he slides past that range, but I like him. It depends to me on who else is available there. I, I, uh, he, I have him right there with Chris Duarte. I like Duarte, even though he's 24 years old. I think he's got potential as a two-way player uh, and a really good shooter. The, again, age is a, a bigger knock on him than Butler. But uh, Butler checks out shooting-wise and and just overall ability all over the place. I would much rather have uh, Jared Butler coming off my bench than Cam Thomas, even though Cam Thomas is – a great score and, and elite ability, in my opinion, to just get buckets. But, um, I would rather have somebody like Butler who, you know, moves really well, can create as well, uh, shoots well. That's, uh, a really good pick in my opinion. If he goes to 23, 23, 23.
1: Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I, I just really liked everything I've seen from him. He, he really checks all the boxes. You, you, you'd ideally like him to be an inch or two taller, but still, six three—that's that's combo guard size. He can defend, he can shoot, he can pass, he can play off ball. Um, I mean, he's just a, a a pretty complete basketball player. And you know, him coming—you know—if he's your third or fourth guard, I think you're doing pretty well. Um, and the, the the obviously the biggest the biggest risk with him is health. That, you know, he, he just cleared an NBA fitness to play panel, uh, because of, a, an alleged heart condition, um, that was, I think, flagged a few years ago. But this was, I believe this was something that came up when he was coming out of high school. Uh, he's played three years at Baylor and it was never a problem. I'm sure each team's position is going to have to make, um, you know, make its own decision on, on how great that risk is. But assuming he checks out with the Rockets team doctors, I think he'd just be a
0: fantastic pick at 23 or 24. I agree. I agree. Uh, So I let me throw Isaiah Jackson's name out there as well. And again, I was Isaiah Jackson was on my list of guys that I hope go before the Rockets 23, 24, you know, before it became sort of clear that they're taking Jalen Green. Obviously, I feel like if you take Evan Mobley, even if Isaiah Jackson's the best player available, it's kind of a tough selection to make. I mean, you can. Like I said, Philly has, has you know, famously took uh, centers in the top uh, end of the lottery three straight years. Um, but I just feel like Isaiah Jackson is kind of intriguing if you're taking Jalen Green at two.
1: Yeah, I mean, this an uber freak athlete uh, can also shoot it a little bit. And, you know, I, I was just listening to Bill Simmons and, and Ryan Rosilla talking about him that we're just talking about Kentucky prospects in recent years. How the last several years, relatively unheralded uh, first round guys out of Kentucky have ended up being better pros than they were at Kentucky. You know, Bam out of Bio, Emmanuel Quickly, Ty, uh, Tyrus Maxey. Um, you know, Devin Booker. Uh, all these guys were just much better pros than they were at Kentucky. And so you wonder if that streak continues. Maybe Calipari is, is focusing more on getting them ready for the league than being, you know, Luca Garza-type college players. Um, so, you know, maybe the streak continues here and Isaiah Jackson turns out to be a fantastic uh, NBA player.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm. He's not a guy I trade up to get, but I, I'm interested in, at 23 or 24 in him. If again we everything goes as expected, Rockets stay at two. They pick Jalen Green. He's intriguing to me. The athleticism that they would have with Green and KPJ and and Kenny Martin Jr. and um, and now Jackson. I mean, they they would have leapers just you know all over the place. So it certainly be a fun team. Uh, I think he would get. Um, probably some run with RGV, but, uh, I'm intrigued by that pick. If he becomes available, you mentioned Trey Murphy, the third out of Virginia, uh, a guy who, uh, it, you know, he's not an 18, 19 year old guy. I think he's 21 played three years at Virginia kind of, if I'm not mistaken, was, well, he started, he
1: started right.
0: did he really? Okay. I, yeah, I actually so wasn't gonna, aware of that, I but mean, I know he was, he, he had a growth spurt. I think he played as a guard, um, you know, most of his, you know, early in his career. And, uh, I mean, he's got really good size, great three point shooting ability. And, you know, I, at first kind of looked at, I saw some Robert Covington in him, but I don't think he's quite the on ball defender that Covington was coming out. Um, you know, but I'm interested in him. He's another guy that you have to put in that 19 to 22 range of, you know, a guy who could, Plug and play a little bit, play right away with the Lakers or, you know, or in some minutes or with the Knicks or with the Hawks. Um, so I'm not sure he slides, he necessarily makes it through there, but uh, I'm intrigued by him.
1: Oh, yeah. No, me, me too. I mean, I think, yeah, he's, he's a plug and play type of guy, um, you know, legit forward size um, with guard level shooting ability. I mean, a, a, every team can use a player. So his appeal is going to be so broad, uh, you know, versus, you know, another player that might have a couple of elite skills, but is not really, um, you know, you can't really plug him into every team. So, yeah, I my expectation also is Murphy will be off the board before
0: 23. You know, you mentioned Miles McBride, a.k.a. Deuce, um, point guard out of West Virginia. And the, my hot take a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to um, you know Chris White and Ben Dubose, on, and my my hot take was I like him best out of the the four point guards that I was ranking, which was Springer, Cooper, and and Giddy. Um, I've since changed my view on that. I think I like Springer best out of that, but I like Miles McBride. I'm you know I'm depends on who's available at 23 and 24, but he's a two way player, a good defensive player. About six foot two, a little uh, a little taller than that, um, and he can shoot. There's a lot to like, I think, about uh, Miles McBride as a pick. Um, and again, like I said, it depends on who's there, but uh, I'd be interested if he if he's on the board.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially if you have a team with uh, Kevin Porter Jr., who you know, I hope he's working on his defense because last year he was just god awful. On. And then Jay, you know, Jalen Green, if they take him, is probably gonna be a subpar defender at least at least early on in his career. I mean for sure to start
0: out of the gate. A nineteen year old rookie, you know, who who has isn't necessarily known for his defense. I would think for sure he's gonna be a subpar defender to start. I think he'll get better. I
1: mean, even a good you know, a good college defender isn't necessarily gonna light like the world on fire defensively. And the NBA is rookie year, but McBride's a really good defensive player, but you know, um, Huggins really he, he works. He works his players really hard at West Virginia. They 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 churn out a lot of really good defensive players. Um, and so you know you, you know you want to add a defense. I mean I think defense and shooting are the two things in the Rockets team the most. And I think
0: uh, McBride would check both those boxes. So here's a polarizing guy. I, well, I I don't know how polarizing he is for Rocket fans because I think a lot of uh, Rocket fans. Just absolutely love him. I mean, they, they want him up there. And that's uh, JT Thor out of Auburn. Uh, was Sharif Cooper's teammate there. He's also a freshman. Um, I don't know if he's 19 yet. Um, pretty young. Uh, checked out over 6'9". Uh, really good, strong wingspan. You know, a guy who you watch his highlights, David, and he looks like, wow, this is going to be a great three-point shooter. Um, he shot about 30% from three. But it looks like he could be better than that and he, like i said he's very young but boy he he moves well um got a, like i said a great wingspan great length um you could see potential in him being sort of uh maybe even slightly a little bit bigger than a jeremy grant type of player um i don't know what, what are your thoughts watching his clips and and uh looking at him as a prospect
1: I mean, I'll be honest with you, Dad. I haven't seen much of, of Thor play. I've just seen a couple of clips. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm working more off of just his measure, his measurements. Um, but, you know, with those kind of measurements and athleticism and, uh, you know, if he, if he can shoot the ball well, you know, that, that's a potential high ceiling for him. But, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I probably couldn't tell you much more than that about him.
0: No, it's fine. And it's funny. It just is sort of a meteoric rise because he was probably a high second round pick. Um, and now, you know, I've seen some even throw him in the late lottery. I think those are more outliers. But I, I think, you know, around with a Rockets pick is reasonable, if not even ahead. Um, we, we could see JT Thor going. So you have to throw his name out there as a uh, as a possibility. Uh, so who have we not covered here? You know, I don't know much about him. I've watched his highlights. Josh Primo out of Alabama, freshman, very young. I think he's possibly the youngest guy in the draft or, or up there.
1: Uh, I believe he is the youngest player in the draft.
0: Is he? Okay. Um, good size, six foot five. You know, I, I just watch him. I'm not sure what – I mean, he can shoot. I'm not sure what he does. I mean, in other words, what's the one – Elite skill about him, other than you you sort of have a clean slate to work with. Um, Any thoughts on him at all? I mean, again, I did
1: not see much of Primo. I've just seen a couple clips, and you know, I hear he's doing well in workouts. uh, Why? That's why he's moving up the draft board. And um, I think some scouts are are enamored with his overall skill set. That apparently they put the, you know, he didn't he played a lot more. Uh, second half of the season at Alabama, uh, became more of a playmaker. And I think, you know, his all around skill set is intriguing to a lot of people, but, you know, he, he, I don't know if he has one elite skill other than he's, he's athletic. He's got good size for guard, uh, can pass the ball a little bit.
0: Um, yeah, I think it's his shooting. Yeah. I mean, he shot a little over 38% from three, decent volume. I think he took almost four threes per game. Um, and I think that's probably, gonna be the the big draw to him but you know it's funny David you know how this works like a guy who's 18 compared to a guy who's you know 20 or 21 like it, it's sort of that that mystery box ability like hey I you know I know what I'm getting in the 21 year old but the 18 year old could be anything you know and so I think that's um I think maybe a little bit of why Primo's moving up the board but like you said he's doing really well in workouts shot 38 percent from from three Um, and he stayed in the draft. So I I wouldn't be surprised if he's a first-round pick. I'm sure the Rockets are doing their due diligence on him because I think he's – I'm seeing him mocked in some of the ranges of of the Rockets, Um, just not as high on my board as some other guys.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, but before we move off of, uh, you know, who we want to take 23 and 24, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up another draft option which would be trade out of 24. Um,
0: Completely? Just move the pick?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you you and I, I mean, we've spent all this time talking about all these different prospects. There are at least 24 guys in this draft I can get excited about. So if the Rockets keep all their picks, great. Fine with me. But I can also see a scenario in which the Rockets say, look, we got a lot of young players on the team already. We're going to add – at least two guys. You know, maybe they'll pick up a second-round pick. Um, you know, I'm sure they're going to get a couple of guys of undrafted free agents that are um, candidates for two-way contracts. Um, and they may say, "Look, you know, we'd rather not hand out three multi-year guaranteed contracts this year. Let's uh, let's kick the can uh, down the road." And you know, I think a, a very viable scenario would be. The Rockets take the best player available at 23, then move 24 to a team that's, that, you know, maybe a player falls that another team is just really enamored with. And you can get a first round pick next year with limited protections, maybe lottery protected, maybe top 10 protected, where you have the the probability of that pick being several spots higher next year.
0: Hmm. I, I, I was just thinking that when you were saying that, like, I, I, th- I would bet you'd have a hard time getting something for 24 that's better than lottery protected. But I, but yeah, you, oh, you, you target a I bubble playoff a team.
1: You're, yes, it would most likely be a, at a minimum lottery protected, but you, you never know. You but never and, know. And, but you're right, though, it you really falls that a team just is desperate for, you know, the teams are on the clock and you can hold your feet to the fire.
0: Yeah, and if you target, you know, maybe a Charlotte or an Indiana, somebody that you think is a bubble playoff team, or you know, just at least a bottom half playoff team, um, then it could be a very good pick. You end up trading 24 for 18 next year, and you know you kick to the can in the sense that you've you've uh, now got a, a trade asset. You can do it with it what you want, as opposed to a you know fixed asset that you you selected. It's driving, um, like driving the car off the lot. Exactly. Um, so that's a good point. Uh, and, and as far as trades, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. But, you know, we, we kicked around some of these names. I didn't necessarily throw guys out there like Franz Wagner or Keon Johnson. I kind of feel like those guys are for sure going ahead of the Rockets. And if you feel like those are guys you would trade up to get, um, by all means chime in. But, um, you know, I want to ask you what you consider to be sort of the perfect draft. Like who would you just be thrilled that two twenty three and twenty four coming away with? That's easy. All right, two Kate Cunningham and at <laughs> twenty okay.
1: three a 23, Evan Mobley and at twenty four Jalen Green. Yeah, so, that's
0: that's so. Guy. So in other words, you're taking Mobley over Green because you took him twenty three. Is that how I understand it?
1: It's it's however you want to structure the contracts.
0: Whoever you want to pay more. <laughs> okay, fine. Um. No, I, I obviously, you know, <laughs> that would be ideal. But I how do, you, how do you think, what would you be just absolutely thrilled coming away with in this draft?
1: I mean, there's so many combinations. You and I have yeah. uh, I've, I've talked about so many different prospects that, that we think would be really good. Um, and again, you know, the Rockets don't have to draft for fit. So while, you know, our ideal, you know, we're kind of, Presumably thinking in the mindset of, okay, what, what, who are the three players that we could come out of this draft with who you can just plug them into the existing roster and it's going to, you know, they, it should be really fun next year because everyone's going to get to play. Um, I don't know if that's how things will play out, but, uh, you know, if, if that's kind of the line of questioning here, I would say probably, you know, if, if you're going mobily at two, then I'd say, It'd be great if you could get, like, Jared Butler and, you know, Trey Mann or Jared Butler and Josh Primo or something. Or Jared Butler and Zaire Williams, where you you go big, where you get kind of a big, a guard, and a
0: forward. Um, Let me me throw this scenario out there to you. Obviously not uh, very likely, but Evan Mobley, trade up for Moses Moody, get Usman Garuba. Talk about a defensive jolt, right? Right, but I don't know if you're going to have another
1: pick if you're trading out for Moody.
0: True. Well, we were looking around at 23 and Eric Gordon, but yes. Uh, yeah, If you, I would still consider that. If I, if I came away with Evan Mobley and Moses Moody, I'm calling it a day and being happy. But but I, I am thrilled with Jalen Green, too. I look at Jalen Green, Jaden Springer, and uh, – Gosh, uh, you know, I I don't know if if somebody like Jalen Johnson slid or, again, moving up to get Moses Moody. If Jaden Springer fell to 23, I'd be pretty happy. Um, But those are the type of combos I think that that, – would, would be great for the Rockets. But I there's just enough good options here that I'm loving it. I think in the past, David, you and I, we've been in, at, uh, you know, your draft party for several years now. When the Rockets have had a first-round pick we're, or, or even a late second-round pick, we're like scrambling – or early second-round pick – scrambling to get that exact number of players that we'd be really happy with or just hoping that one or two guys slide. There's enough guys here, um, enough prospects that are intriguing Rockets are going to come away with two guys uh, that are, in my opinion, impressive regardless um, at 23 and 24. So I don't look at them as throwaway picks unless they're able to move up um, or, like you said, acquire a pick next year um, that keeps that asset in hand.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, I know we're going to talk, I might be jumping the gun here, but, you know,
0: even if you trade out of
1: 24, It doesn't mean you're only making two picks in this draft. You can, the Rockets can buy a second round pick. They could trade, they could make a trade for a second round pick. Um, you know, for instance, I had thrown out the idea, you know, assuming that the Rockets don't view Daniel House as a long-term fit, uh, you know, he's only got one year left on his deal, but it's a very affordable deal. He is a ready to go rotation player for a lot of teams with good records you could probably get a decent second-round pick for him, I think. And, you know, one team that that would just make all sorts of sense is the New Orleans Pelicans, who desperately want to make the playoffs next season. And they have five picks in this draft, including three picks in the top half of the second round. And if you can move Daniel House for one of those picks, um, then you're talking maybe you move 24 for a future first. And
0: you're picking two, twenty-three, and forty. Um, I think you're still going to get a decent player at forty. Yes, I, I'm interested. <laughs> you know, you, I had to be honest. I haven't really dug that deep in there, but like I said, there's enough guys that are intriguing in the first round that you 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 know you're certainly looking at thirty-five to forty guys that you've done some research on. Quentin Grimes out of Houston. I'm interested. I don't know if I would pick him at twenty-three. But if you ended up getting 36 or, or, or you know, a, a mid to late 30s pick or 40 and he's available, I'm interested. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, another guy I like. Um, Josh Christopher, Greg Brown out of Texas. I mean, at, at that late of a pick, you'd be loving that. Um, so um, to me, I, I, I'm all for that. And I think Daniel House, moving him for some sort of asset is kind of imperative with one year left on his deal and no real – no real future here in Houston.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think especially if they take Jalen Green, and you're looking at, you know, you got Jay Sean Tate, who solidified himself as a rotation fixture, and are you going to play Tate at the four, or are you going to play him at the three, which seems more like his natural position? Uh, If he's primarily at three on this team, then you got Tate, you got Green, you got KPJ, you got John Wall, you got Eric Gordon. You know, you may... You may get squeezed out for minutes, and the question is, is he going to play enough the first half of the season where his you maintain his trade value by the deadline? And if you don't think you can, well, then maybe you should move him on that night. I, I don't know. But I, I know the Rockets also really, really like house, so it's not like they're necessarily looking to trade him, but if, if they don't think they're going to resign him, then they should be
0: so you and I talked about this on Twitter. <clears throat> Obviously a lot of fans are uh, not going to be happy about us even mentioning this, but this is strictly hypothetical. Would you trade Jay Sean Tate for the 13th pick of the draft?
1: Oh, man, that's a tough one. I mean, Tate is my favorite rocket, uh, on, on current, my favorite current rocket. Um, He's embraced really Houston. Long... Right?
0: I mean, he he loves it here. He's embraced Houston. He loves it here. Uh, you know fans have, were drawn to him I think he was he's sort of representative of the bridge you know from Harden to what we have now I think you know he to me for some reason he became sort of that link but go ahead
1: Yes. so like the, in a vacuum no I mean he's first team all rookie the odds of the 13th pick you know being
0: that good
1: at least as a rookie or, or not that high um
0: so you wouldn't trade him for a Moses Moody, a Book Knight, a Davion Mitchell, Franz Wagner, those guys, no. That's tough. So, so
1: th- there's two contexts for this. One is to, to get the 13th pick to take a player. Um, you know, Tate's under contract for two more seasons, and then I'll have a very low cap hold. If you want to true a rookie, line. a
0: rookie contracts four seasons, as you know.
1: No, no, I understand, but, but, I mean, it's not like this is like House within the last year of his contract and gonna be an unrestricted free agent. You got to take for two more years, then he's restricted. Um, so, so you still have him, have him locked up or controllable for, for, for several years if you want. Um, I'm very conflicted there, but the, the context in which said originally came up was the rumors of the Rockets trying to get the 13th pick so that they could package it with number two to move up for number one. If that's what they're doing, I might be a little more likely. I mean, I love Kate Cunningham. And if the Rock, if that's what the Rockets had to do to get Kate Cunningham, I would more strongly consider it. But if that's just a non-starter with Detroit, I may be hanging on the table.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. The Rockets have options. Uh, you know, They have the future draft pick. They have, they have ways to move in to, in my opinion, different spots of the draft. Uh, I, I'm not in love with their veteran trade assets be simply because of the contracts. Like I've mentioned this before. As you know, teams would probably love to add John Wall. They would love to add Eric Gordon. Um, but their contracts just make this – all around tough you know I mean they if these guys were bought out the people would be all over them but like adding those contracts them alone are tough I think we know John Wall's a negative uh, value contract and so it would be tough you'd have to attach picks to move him you know barring some situation like with the Clippers where they're just like hey you know we flat out need to compete until Kawhi gets back um, but do you think Eric Gordon can be moved here on draft day for a positive asset
1: I mean, that's a really tough question because I I do think if Gordon had not injured his, uh, injured his groin right after the All-Star break, I think he's he's eminently movable on draft night. I think he was off to a terrific start. The three point shot wasn't falling, but man, he was getting to the bucket and finishing at a very high clip. I was pretty impressed with what Eric Gordon was doing for most of the season when healthy, but just the fact that he missed so many games. And, you know, if we're being, if we're all being honest here, could could he, could some of these veterans have maybe come back towards the end of the season if they had to probably, but you know, look, the, the Rockets were on a mission there and they ended up with the number two pick. So I'm not complaining. Um, but you know, if he were healthy, I think he would probably be movable. You know, the contract's not great but it's not terrible if he's a guy who's reliable. And the fact that he's had so many injuries and he was injured so much last year, I think that's going to get some teams pause. I think a healthy, a healthy Eric Gordon is, it's not far off from what his contract value is, I think. I mean, I, I've been a bigger Eric Gordon fan than most, um, but, you know, it, it all depends. You just got to find the right team. There's there's There are going to be some teams out there that are going to value him pretty highly. And the idea of what he can do, I just – I couldn't tell you honestly how much of a positive you could be. Or, you know, we talked Gordon in 23 for 13. I don't know if that's realistic. Um, but you never know. All it takes is another team to, to, to believe him.
0: And, you know, uh, Gordon is from Indiana, played ball at Indiana. Um, doesn't seem to matter to Pacer fans. They really don't like this idea. Um, I, mean, I think he'd be great on
1: the Pacers. I mean, just, yeah. again, like you said, if we're just looking at the players, I think he'd be terrific on the Pacers. Um, I think he'd be an upgrade from Jeremy Lamb, who's probably who they would have to trade back to us to make any trade uh, work under the cap. Um, but, I, I mean, I think he would help them win more games, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. You know, to answer the earlier question, I don't know if I necessarily chimed in. I, I, I love Jay Sean Tate as well. I would trade him uh, in the right deal to get, you know, move up in this draft simply because I feel like the next two years this team is should not be, you know, in any way focusing on a win now angle. Yes, you're going to have to have good players around Jalen Green or, you know, Mobley, if that's the case. And, you know, guys that help them progress. But I'm kind of hoping the Rockets have a top five, top seven pick next season, maybe even the next season after that. I'm not sure I, uh, you know, all on board with a guy who's a very strong, solid role player, very tough. I love Sean Tate. Nothing negative at all to say about him. But you know, the right guy falls to 13. I'd be interested. I, what are some other teams? I mean, you got Golden State at 14, Washington 15, Memphis 17. I I just feel like for whatever reason, the Rockets are going to try to get ahead of Oklahoma city in at least one spot. Um, Whether it's, you know, like I said, 17 to leapfrog them at 18 um, or any of those spots before 16, it just feels like OKC and Houston are competing at the bottom of the, of the uh, barrel to become this next great super team with so many picks and, and, and prospects. And I, I, I think there's, you know, I don't have anything to base it on, but I think there's a competition there between those two teams.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, you know, like we've been saying this whole time, there, there's 24 guys to get excited about this draft. And yes, it'd be nice to have your pick of the litter. Uh, but even if you get kind of quote unquote, the leftovers, you know, the fact that you're not trading any other draft capital to move up, uh, that, that's something. I mean, let, you know, this is a long-term arms race with Oklahoma City, and we're way behind. Uh, although uh, the number two pick, I think, is gonna gonna, you know, narrow that gap.
0: Uh, it really but, is. Actually, yeah.
1: But but I would I wouldn't necessarily want to use a bunch of future assets if it's Eric Gordon, sure. But I wouldn't want to use a bunch of future assets to try to move up. Um, to get a guy who's not significantly better than the guys we get just staying at
0: 23 and 24. Hmm. I hear you. Let's see what happens. I, you know, uh, for what it's worth, Rafael Stone seems to, you know, be saying the right things as in like, we don't know where we're going to be kind of making it sound like, Hey, we may not, may not even be picking it to that leaves open trading up to one. I don't even necessarily mind, as you mentioned earlier, uh, the thought of trading down to three, but, Again, it would have to be something. If you love Jalen Green over Evan Mobley, then you know it may not work. But if you are equally good with Evan Mobley, um, that that you know that's that's an intriguing option. Move down a little bit, save a little bit of money, and and pick up a a a couple first round picks or you know a significant first round pick uh, along with it. So kind of like the same thing that the Detroit and and Houston has kicked around. So. We'll see. This is going to be a fun draft, man. I'm, I'm, like I said, every day I, I watch somebody, uh, you know, I watch highlights, a good portion of the day, just about every day, and, you know, I'm, I'm finding myself really liking more and more players in this draft. So, not going to be upset, I don't think, with um, who they end up coming away with at 23 and
1: 24. Exactly. For, for a team that's, that's, you know. Had a couple of second rounders over the last several years, and that's it. Um, three first rounders is is just that that's that's just more than I can
0: my heart can even take. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, if Moses Moody's available at 13, I'm gonna lose it. They better get up there and snag him. I don't think I don't think he falls that far, but uh, I think there's you know teams that that could really use him. Uh, you know, New Orleans could use him. Charlotte could use him. Uh, possibly San Antonio, though I think maybe Giddy goes there. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. David, man, thanks for doing this. Anything else you want to you want to kick around before we go?
1: I mean, we'll we'll have plenty of time uh, after the draft to talk free agency, Rockets cap, uh, all that stuff. You know, this is all draft focused. But no, nah, I think we covered on the draft so far.
0: Awesome man. I appreciate you doing this and uh, it's gonna be an exciting week. Uh, you know the the NBA Finals are over and now everybody's gonna be focusing on this draft and the Rockets are uh, a very big player in it. Thanks for listening and uh, David, we'll do this again soon.
1: Can't wait.